Hey, hello friends, and welcome to this message which is specially handpicked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at lincolnseranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. Naioth was a place in Ramah of Gilead, a station that was set up by Samuel the prophet. It was a place where he would meet with aspiring, young, hungry, thirsty men uh, uh, who were seeking to carry and catch something of what was happening in his own life. They were aware of his anointing. They wanted it. And so Ramah was an opportunity for them to gather it was a place of dwelling. The word actually, Naioth, speaks of dwelling place. Dwelling place of tents. And so they would come there in temporary accommodation, obviously uncomfortable, but they were on a mission to catch and steward the presence of God as was entrusted, especially to the ministry of the prophet Samuel. Yeah, so far so good. So, As we saw, the story of Naioth is um, a story of God's presence inhabiting a geographical location in Israel. God's presence inhabiting a perimeter, a geographical perimeter. To a degree that it did not matter what your agenda was. Once you stepped into that perimeter, you were swept away in its culture, in its experience, in its power. God can mark out a geographical area with his presence. Indiscriminate. In fact, actually, there are three eyes that we, we talk about uh, Nioth. The presence of God there was intense. Hmm? It was intense. Secondly, it was indisputable. There was no argument over it. And it was indiscriminate. It didn't care who you were. And these three eyes describe what revival can look like. And has looked like in, in past times. Uh, poignantly, especially in specific geographical locations that are uh, historically, the Hebrides areas of Scotland, we've talked about the Hebrides revival, where God just came and sat over that mountainous region of Scotland. And everybody came alive to God. Everybody experienced an awakening to God. I'm not saying everybody got saved, but everybody knew there was a God in heaven. People in the park, people on the streets, people in pubs, Young, uh, young, young uh, people who were dancing in a club, 
The presence of God just fell over the Hebrides area. And that night, the service could not end. They could not stop. They kept going. And when they thought, okay, we are done, they normally do, you know, Anglican uh, traditional type uh, services, uh, an hour. Uh, I'm not actually now sure whether this was strictly an Anglican church. Uh, but they did their normal midweek service. I think it was a Friday night. And it would not end because the presence of God was real and tangible. It felt it quite tangible. And the thing was going on here. So they went an extra hour. When they finished and got out to leave, they found a group of 300 young people arriving. 300. They came together from a club. And the presence of God fell on the club. And they all got up and headed to church. <laughs> hmm? What followed was Holy Ghost mayhem. That service went past midnight. And then stories began to come. A bus drove over from a nearby village. Again, they felt the presence of God and hired a bus. And they were all coming towards one spot where God's presence had just come. In the park on the roadsides. People were saying, what is this? They were saying, what is this? What's going on? Okay. So there was this sense of what in the world is going on? Because the presence of God, everyone was just saying, Can somebody help me know him? Can you tell me about Jesus? It's called an awakening, it is an atmospheric change. What it is essentially is an atmospheric change. And so it's geographical because it's in the air. <laughs> yeah? You need to go and Google the Hebrides revival and be inspired. One of my, my greatest inspirations is the Hebrides revival. So Nioth is that kind of thing. Because as you saw, and I want to bring that in. I don't want to dwell there too much. I just thought I'll set the context and then come back to the issues that, that I've been raising, very current issues. Uh, but the point is that the presence of God comes down at Nayath, a geographical location. And so Saul is out to kill David. Now allow me to transition. Last week, I presented to you that we are, the whole, the whole earth has come under a death warrant in the last two years. Like never before, death, the thoughts of dying, grief and bereavement have become a national issue and focus collectively. Collectively. And as we speak, it is not over. And we do not know exactly where it's heading, but it's not over. We are now thinking of third jabs. In Israel, I hear they've gone to fourth jabs. Because Israel was leading on this 
um, Europe has become again the epicenter of, of this weird epidemic. Hmm? So, Saul wakes up one day and says, I must kill David. He puts a death warrant on David's life. And in so doing, triggers a Nioth experience. And this is what I feel prophetically. That somehow these seasons of death and bereavement are a divine opportunity for us as God's people to step into something deeper, stronger. Yeah? So, David is anointed by God. David represents the purposes of God. He represents the move of God. He represents what God has decreed over Israel. Please allow the technical team to work without you looking at them because I want you here. Yeah? We are having camera problems, but don't look at the technical team. Tr resist the temptation. Bind the devil. Yeah? And keep your eyes here. Pastor Tony and the others are just trying to, to, to make sure those online can follow us. Listen. There is no record that what we are reading here was a daily occurrence. This struck me recently. There was no, there's no sense in which we know that this was a, a daily occurrence. But David, starting from the slaying of uh, animals in the, in the field as he's working as a shepherd, coming to the slaying of Goliath and his uh, rise in prominence, represents the very establishment of the throne of Messiah thousands of years later, because he's a son of David. This little boy is the epicenter of the purposes of God. And Saul has vowed to kill him. Saul has vowed to kill him. So this is not a joke. But it's symbolic of a lot of things. Because I believe, friends, that God has an agenda and a purpose for the end time church and the end time world. And Satan has vowed to kill it. He will kill it any way possible. Satan will kill, wants to kill the purposes of God. And so, this, this death declaration comes to Samuel the prophet. So David runs, he puts a dummy in the bed and it looks like he's there. And then the soldiers of Saul arrive and it's not David. David has fled. Where did David run to? He ran to Samuel. He ran to a prophetic steward of the things that God was carrying and nurturing at that time. Please understand However much God wants to use you, if you run to the wrong places, you may delay and detour the purposes of God. You need to learn to define and identify the caucus, the, um, the nest under which, into which you must steward the call of God and the purpose of God over your life. So David does not run to some cave. He runs to the man who anointed him. He runs to the man. Hmm? He runs to him. And comes to him and he tells him everything Saul was trying to do. 
You guys remember he threw spears at David. He was demonized on this. And Samuel hears this and he knows what is at stake. Because David, my friends, don't mess around with David. <laughs> David, with all his weaknesses and strengths, was a critical point in the transition of all the purposes of God in Israel in establishing a dynasty for God. So that Christ is called the son of David. And that, that throne of David is established not physically but spiritually as well. As one that Christ will sit upon. Son of David, have mercy on me. Remember the cry of Bartimaeus. So he runs to Samuel. And Samuel says, you've come to me, but we need to go somewhere else. I need to take you to a context. It is not enough that I anointed you. I need to take you to a collective, a place where there are similar people. People who are in agreement. People who are hungry. Nioth was a collection not of lazy, laid-back Israelites. It was a place where hungry, thirsty young men and women, not women, they wouldn't let women gather into that kind of situation, but young people are gathered hungry for something, thirsty for something. And so, Samuel brings David to Nioth. And as you can imagine, he breaks the news. He would have already told these young people what David represents in Israel, historically, prophetically. And now he comes and says, the government is trying to kill David. <laughs> the army is trying to kill David. They don't have spears. They don't have weapons. But they have to now turn to the God who brought down Goliath hmm? and brought David into this promise. And so something happens in Nioth, something happens in this camp of prophetic people. A hunger, a passion. I don't know what they did that day, but the presence of God was poured that season into Nioth. And they just all began to prophesy. And Samuel was there orchestrating. The Bible says he was presiding over them. And something was, was moving. Now, the word prophesy in the scripture is not to predict the future. It's not how to say, it's going to rain on Wednesday. Amen. So and so has just received a car. No, 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 it wasn't that. <laughs> exactly, it had elements of that. Prophetic process has several elements. One of them, obviously, is, a, is an intense presence of God, a translation of the people. Trans the prophet in prophesying was caught up. So when the Bible says they were prophesying, it meant they were besides themselves. That's one, one word you find in the scripture. To, to prophesy is to lose composure. Is to become inebriated by the presence of God. Is to become translated into another state of being. So they were so hungry and so thirsty and the news they had heard was so urgent that they pressed into the presence of God and an anointing was poured upon them and they all became filled with the power and presence of God. 
and they were prophesying. So when you see the word prophesy in the scripture, understand it speaks of exuberant activity. It speaks of passionate expression. It does include speech and declaration. Many times in Israel it included dancing and spontaneous music. It was chaotic. It wasn't scripted. Hello. Now check your neighbor out. Look at your neighbor. How scripted is that person typically? How structured and scripted? Some of us are too scripted for what God wants to do. <laughs> we must learn to break out of the confines of human awareness and temperament containments and learn to step into the, the wine of the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing that happened in Acts chapter 2. The Spirit of God came upon them and they were accused of being drunk. Have you, been, have you ever been accused of being a little too much in church? Have you ever? The truth is, many times, church becomes very structured. And we worship God politely. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> May God break out here at LCF. Yeah? May we learn. Come on, LCF. Can I speak to you prophetically as a house? If it fails us here, we are dooming this nation. We need naotic areas in the United Kingdom where the Spirit of God can come and people can flow with Him and allow themselves to be swept away and carried beyond common sense. And allow the Spirit of God to sweep us away and to be, for us to be caught in waves of his power and glory flowing over our bodies. Yes, there is a place for structure. But there is also a place for prophesying. Prophesying means the hand goes up. It means words become inutterable. It means we get caught up and carried away. So from the worship team, to the keyboardist, to the drummer, please receive permission. Do not contain yourself in the presence of God. Jesus. I, 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 I give you license. If you didn't know it was biblical, there it is. When he says they prophesied, it refers to first and foremost a state of mind and heart and emotion. It means an elevation. It means being caught up. That's why we are challenging you to come out of your home and come on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Because some of us have become so zoomed out. <laughs> Zoom is a convenient way to worship. Sit in your home and one eye is on, on, the, on the phone and the other is on the TV and the other is on the kitchen. And we, we have become distributed we need focal moments focus times where we can focus on Jehovah God for extended times and so Saturday we are here at 10 9.30 I say arrive 9.30 10 o'clock we stay long in the presence of God one hour worship why? these guys were there all day <laughs> you notice what happened so we've had those experiences of worshiping God all day here at LCF, Nayoth. 
Uh, this time, uh, we, we decided we want to do that throughout the day as we did before. We'll have times uh, uh, to, to pull away and, and, and go deeper. Yeah, but I want you to catch the principle. Amen? Allow me to, to set that story apart because we're going to talk about it ongoingly this week. So, I have found scenarios because of all these changes. We cannot come to uh, Liberty House as we normally do for prayer. Because the bills of our time have gone weird. And we just don't want to add to the heating bill of this house. You should see what it looks like at the moment. And so we will need exceptional giving today. To just silence who, is they, or who are they that supply us London electricity or something. Yeah? We really do need to give. Uh, but but let, follow me here. The context of Nioth is a death sentence. Can, I, can we talk about death? Because this is the word of the Lord over this Nioth. Death and resurrection. Death and resurrection. It's the word of the Lord over this time. And let me start by saying, and I'm saying that was an introduction. Now last week I showed you that uh, there are four levels. God spoke to me, no, three levels. God told me there are three possible exits out of life. Three. On the motorway of your timeline, you could exit out of one of three. Number one is premature exit. When you go before your time. Number two. Uh, please go online and follow this message. Number two was mature death. I call it mature because of premature. There is such a thing as a, as a mature death. Dying within your ordinary time. But then... There's the third one, which is an extended exit, where God adds to your years because your assignment is still continuing. My argument was that mature death is 70 to 80. Extended life goes into people when the Bible says someone died full of years. <laughs> Imagine yourself stuffed with years to the point of being described as full of years. Abraham died full of years. What, what age did we say Abraham died? 175? You know David died at 70? It was quite unfortunate. I don't even know why he went so early like that. Mature exit. But he had killed a lot of people for God. God told him you can't even build me a house. And I need to start a construction. So I'm going to just call you home so we can get Solomon in. Who doesn't have blood things to deal with. So perhaps that's why he exits quickly. And we saw that at his exit he needed a hot water bottle. Things were bad at 70. And they gave him a human hot water bottle. Whereas Caleb at 80 is saying, God, I'm still as strong. As I was at 40. <laughs> How many of you want extended life? Eh? Extended. Because you see, Caleb's mission was frustrated by the group. Because they, they were refused to go in. So God gave him a, a, a fresh lease and extended his life. So at 80, he is still as young as he was at 40. And God, he's saying, I'm still as strong to go out and come back at 80 years old. No arthritis. 
No sugar diabetes. No cataracts. <laughs> I'm saying I've been testing myself. I'm still 40. Extended life. Psalm 91 verse 16 says, I will satisfy you with long life. I am telling God I am not ready to die. I am not ready to die. And I'm saying that because there's been this whole uh, context of death and dying all around us. Death and dying all around us. We've been praying for Grace's cousin, a good friend of ours, a good friend of mine, who is fighting for her life. And thank God there's been an improvement there. But you see, there's, there is a threat of death and dying all around our world. And now even flu has bought new sneakers and running around the city messing people up testing negative people can't breathe how many of you are ready to live you're ready you're still ready to live we need god is asking us this night to submit an application for extended life because we are in extraordinary days we are in extraordinary days we cannot simply walk on hamburgers and hope we live we need to bid for special exemption to carry the purposes of God in this generation and in this season somebody shout amen if you are hearing me now let me talk about death because it's the context of David's running to Ramah. And I do not think it is a mistake that over the last three years, I have had several brushes with death and dying in terms of prophetic words, pictures, dreams, all kinds of stuff. Stuff that's like, why is that coming up? First of all, as I told you, and I am repeating, because sometimes forget, people forget, God spoke to me and said, will you live for me? Another 40 years. It was a question. He did not offer it. He asked me a question. But the point was, will you live for me? Not for you. For me. Another 40 years. And I did some quick maths, 58 plus 40. 98 and I imagined me at 98 living for God what do I look like at nine? Well, what would you look like at 98 if you continue as you are <laughs> what would things look like are you with me friends so that was one experience the others were, were weird weird calls I told you weird calls Somebody called me from, from Uganda and said, Pastor, are you, do you have high blood pressure? Because I dreamt you died of high blood pressure. Hypertension. And he told me, me, my dreams, I, they, they don't waste time. When I dream, dream, when I dream a matter, it shall be performed. <laughs> and after that call, I thought, Lord, what's that? My doctors have measured me. My sugar is good. My BP is fine. Why is this person dreaming of me dying of high blood pressure? 
very interesting. I file these things. I file them. I don't joke with some of them. I don't merely interpret and apply. But I know how to deal with these things because I must respond. I must respond. This is what I'm telling you. We must respond to the moment. And not take things for granted. And then I had, now one year later I get another call. Pastor, I dreamt that you died. Then that, another one this time. I'm thinking, why is everybody trying to kill me? But you see, I went before the Lord and the Lord said to me, there are three exits. Concerning that, I took it before the Lord and the Lord said to me, there are three exits out of life. Number one, premature. Number two, mature. Number three, extended. And he went quiet. The rest had to, had to be me interpreting and applying. And I knew in my spirit, God is saying, except you renew your tenure, and except you upgrade your devotion, there is an exit very close by. Are you hearing me today? Please understand what I'm saying. Understand what I'm saying. So, the death sentence over David is real. If he does not go to Ramah, he is going to die. And the death sentence over Hezekiah is real. God says to him, set your house in order because you shall die and not live. Your mission is over. And Hezekiah had to turn to the world and renew his mortgage. Or his lease. Whatever you want to ask for an extension. For the purposes of God. And the things that happen to me are for the benefit of the whole house. Though I'm speaking over you, friends, it's time to renew your lease. And so, last, it does not, it, these things are not a joke. So, incidentally, it turned out that the week, the last Saturday we celebrated Bernard's increase of lease. Pastor Bernard's lease increase. Because he was on a deathbed and the Lord visited him and opened his lungs. And made him breathe again. And sent him back to us with the messages concerning what the church should look like. Do not take your tenure here for granted. Do not. And I hope I'm still your friend. <laughs> After you've been vaxxed once, twice, three times, look for a heavenly vaccination. By looking into the face of God and asking him, what do you want me to do on earth? Because he told Hezekiah, okay, I'm giving you 15 more years and you need to deal with the Assyrians. So it's not about staying longer so that you pollute the earth more. Because look, we, are, we are in conference in Scotland trying to destroy pollution. It is staying here for a purpose, for a reason. But it includes entering and stepping into the presence of God so that he may touch our bodies. So he says to Hezekiah, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. 
you will not die, you will live. On the third day, he says, you shall enter the house of the Lord. Go read it. On the third day, you must step into my presence. And allow me to touch your body there. And then they made a poultice of figs and touched his boil and he was healed. And you say, figs? Do figs heal boils? Do they? I doubt. But you see, when you step into a God's presence, even breakfast can heal you. And when you are out of lease, the best medicine won't help you. If you run out of lease time, best medicines won't work. Because, you know, medical doctors will tell you there's this element that they don't know. It has a name. It's a factor they try to remove out of medicines when they are trying them. Because they say, you give the same medicine to two people. One is healed, the other dies. And you can't quantify it in the chemistry lab because it is somewhere else. It depends on the person. I don't want to go too far. I hope you are with me. I'm saying when you are walking with God... Even water can heal you. So they made figs, put it on the boil, and we don't know, it probably was a cancerous boil, and it was healed by God and the figs. Okay. Selah. So, there's something about this season. I don't want us to take it for granted. I don't want us to take it for granted. There is, there is an open door of opportunity for us to come into God's presence and, and, and renew leases and extend lives and find fresh grace for a world that is dying. When I finish here, I am preaching in Rye Lane, Peckham Rye Lane Church. At a service of remembrance, I was chosen by Sadak for Jesus to be the speaker. People are gathering to just grieve because they didn't bury their dead. And imagine I'm given 10 minutes to preach. What in the world will I say? It's time to go into the presence of God. Like David fled to Nioth and stand before him. Some of you are going to, oh, pastor, I'm busy. Yeah. Oh, some of you are at work. Some of you are just going to be busy watching Netflix. Switch that stuff off. Come here this Saturday. Sit before God. Worship. Hear the word. Pray. Let us ask God for life. Let us ask God for mission. Let's pray for resurrection. Life. Let me, let me try and wind this up. Christianity is the only religion, let me use the word religion, founded on the death of its founder. Because I was saying, Lord, why is death so important in the mix? Except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. It abides alone. According to the scriptures. And so, somehow, until you put on death, 
there until you put it on. You cannot read. That's why this is a fertile time. It's a very fertile time. Because you see, we flew out. My wife and I flew to Dubai. And while we were sitting on the aeroplane, I told, I told her, this is actually the safest environment we have been in in a long time. Everybody here has been checked and double-checked and certified before we were allowed to board this flight. <laughs> we were sitting in a little bubble. The world has become so weird because now everything, everyone is saying, are you coming to kill us? Everyone wants to check, what's your certificate? Show us that you are safe. And we have to fly to Uganda to attend my brother's birthday. In the nation of Uganda, you are not allowed to come in unless they test you themselves. <laughs> Everyone is saying, ah, don't shorten our lives. Don't bring death. Go isolate. Pay hotels. There's a moratorium. There's a decree of death over the earth. And where darkness is, that's exactly where God puts his glory. Throughout the scriptures, arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of God has risen upon you. Why? Darkness, deep darkness upon the face of the earth. But the glory of the Lord shall rise upon you. And the rest you know, Isaiah 60. Somehow it's in the deep darknesses of life that God strikes a match and lights a candle. So there's an exceptional opportunity without us becoming gross and grim in this time. But I had to make the point. You say, I need to we need to redeem death from it being morbid and, and horrible. We were founded by death. Church is founded on the death of its savior. Without Calvary, there is no Christianity. So at the foundation and the heart of the Christian faith is the death of a 33-year-old Hebrew boy who we know as the son of God. Now that he's dead, life can start. Because until God slaps death in the face, it doesn't matter how long you live on earth. So in Christ Jesus, God dies for us. Yeah? And Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple... Take up your cross and let us go. Follow me. Where are we heading for? We're heading for Calvary. We're heading for crucifixion. Because when death meets with death, at least there's a contest. When dead men meet with the forces of death, I mean, you can't kill me. I'm already dead. And so, the safest way to live is to die and come alive in Christ. And I close. Uh, uh, is this too morbid? It better not be too morbid. So, last week I left out a story which I must tell you and close. <laughs> so, in the many stories of death <laughs> and people calling me 
tell me, Pastor, I dreamt you were dead. These are I spread over many years. So <laughs> this one was the earliest one. So I get a call. Pastor, I had a dream. <laughs> okay. Give it to us. Some of you are five o'clockers had it live from the person who had it. In this dream, it has a very big grand beginning of angels arriving at 9 to 11 Cottage Green. Angels. Angels 12 feet tall coming through the gate here at Cottage, coming to this humble building here, which is under dispute with this landlord and can't pay its bills fully. <laughs> and angels are running. Angels with large strides and, and, and they arrive and the member of the church is asking, where are you going? Say, we are going to a mountain called Liberty Christian Fellowship. A mountain. <laughs> and you feel like a valley. <laughs> but God calls you. They say, we are going to a mountain called Liberty. So they arrive. And she testifies. I don't want to go into the details of that because the, the core of the point is that as she comes into the building and everything is completely different in this little hall. And the platform is not here, it's there where the sound desk is. Whatever that represents is a completely different order. Completely different order. And we are here and there's a sense of God's presence and glory in the room. Then she says, Pastor, something struck you. A pole struck you and you died on the platform. I'm thinking, here we go dying again. A pole struck me and I died. And then everybody began to die in the church. Bang! And death was sweeping across the church and it was coming towards her and saying, no, 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 no. God, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Bang, she died. And then we all came back to life. And revival broke out. <laughs> the glory of God filled this place because we had died, starting with me. Did you notice the nature of my exit? I was hit by a pole. <laughs> I thought, Lord, what does that mean? <laughs> Trying to interpret dreams. <laughs> but you see, sometimes God, you know, God sends events and circumstances to kill us. Because we, we have failed to find the button on ourselves to press and say, die. <laughs> says, let me assist you. <laughs> hmm? And so, the battles over our lives, the battles with the structures of the earth, all function together. Jesus did not crucify himself. He was crucified by the structures of his day. Hmm? And somehow, we collectively as the earth have been brought to this place where it is now stupid to continue building your own thing. It is actually stupid. You need to come to the end of yourself. Because how we stand now, it doesn't matter whether you're vaccinated or not, whether it's twice or once or three times, going four, 
we are just in the hands of the Lord. All of us. So I propose to you, LCF, it is time to die. Die to your agenda. Die to your lusts. Die to your idolatry. Die to your stubbornness. Die. It is a time to die by corona or to die voluntarily. <laughs> I am sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. Stand to your feet. Except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. Give me some background music. We don't have time. Just want the atmosphere to change. So, there is a need for us to respond to God. Listen to me, friends. God was speaking to me. The Holy Spirit, as given to the church, is a resurrection anointing. He comes to us as part of a resurrection package. Yeah? The Holy Spirit does not come to add to your idolatry and my stubbornness. He's not going, God is not pouring his spirit upon our pride, upon our arrogance. He's a resurrection anointing. And so the, the more we die, the better we steward him. The more we die, the better our stewardship of him. Thank you, Jesus. So, God have mercy on us. When we talk about death, we're talking about humbling ourselves. Paul said, I die daily. <laughs> he says, I die daily. I wake up every day and say, Paul, please. You can't depend on yesterday's death. You need to renew the death certificate daily. I die daily. I wrestle with this thing daily. I bring it back daily moment by moment moment by moment I bring myself back so he says so death is at work in us and life is at work in you we the apostles have been sentenced to death to die in the arena that there may be life in the world so when we are criticized we bless when we are hated and cursed we bless we have no rights. He, he talks about, he says, we, we, we are like the scum of the earth. We are at the end of the procession. Because I cannot, I cannot steward God's life when I'm building my kingdom. And so if the master of the church was crucified and killed, accused falsely, attacked, hated, persecuted, they killed him for none of his fault. And he died a silent life. He died silently. When he could have eloquently defended himself, he sat silently through it all. Hmm? Some of us are too wounded. 
are too wounded for resurrection. We are too wounded because the scars of Jesus are our healing, not our condemnation. But some of our scars are dangerous to communities. We are so wounded, the community is in trouble. Oh, they spoke against me. Oh, they hated me. <laughs> well, they hated him and by that we are healed. He was beaten and by his stripes we are healed. Because you see, when we die, it doesn't matter. The wounds that have been inflicted on us by life and circumstances become a source of healing and deliverance for our communities. So we say yes to death and dying. We say yes to denial. We say yes to affliction. And sometimes it's so hard. It's like, God, this earth is full of aches. But out of our aching, life flows out. And the healing breaks out. That's where God is calling us this night. Resurrection anointing fall upon us. Glory of God fall upon us afresh. Jesus, I want you to talk to God. Talk to God, close those eyes. Do some business with him. Do some business with him. God will not anoint Lincoln Empire. He will not anoint Grace Empire. The anointing has already been deposited on Christ. That's why he's called the anointed one. He is the Christ. All anointings are via him and in him. Him alone. So I must surrender my certificate and take his. I must give up my identity and embrace, embrace his. We're going to attempt this. We're going to go for it. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart. Andrew, come to the kids just a moment. We sing, I surrender. Something like that. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's find, let's find a moment. I know I'm taking a bit long here, but we'll be done. God's agenda for you is to live. God's agenda for you to, is to live. We started today with the scripture of Naioth. Saul sending out a death warrant. And saying, I must kill David. I must kill that man. So I surrender. I surrender all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender. Sing it, I surrender. I Jesus, I 
is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself you my life is not my own my life is not mine to you I belong take this song just a little higher so that we can sing it in a moment before we come to give give myself away give myself away so that you can use me I have been pursuing this for months the Jesus life walking in Jesus identity giving up Lincoln identity oh God deliver us from us God deliver us from me God deliver you from you you want to sing I give myself away give myself away to you I put myself in the offering basket I give myself away yes I do I give myself away so you can you Give myself away. Yes, I do. I give myself away. So you can use me. Here I am. Here I stand. Say it again, here I am. Here I am. Here I stand. Lord, my life is in. Lord, I'm longing. Lord, I'm alone. I'm longing to see. Your desires, not mine, but your desires, Lord. Give myself, I give myself away. Hey. Give myself, give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself away. 
Yes, I do, God. I give myself away. I give myself away. So, verse two. Take my heart. Take my life. As a living sacrifice. All my dreams, all my plans, Lord, I bless them in your. I give myself away. Yes, I do, God. I give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you just saying, My life is not my own. My life is not my own. To you I belong. Give myself, give myself. My life is not my own. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, give myself. My life is not my own. Take a moment. God is calling us, LCF, in this season to separate ourselves. To separate ourselves. I don't know what's around the corner, around the horizon. As it says, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. I want you to I ask you to postpone your rebellion. Postpone it. Postpone your rebellion. Put it off for a season. If you've been planning to kill somebody, kill them next year. <laughs> I'm being stupid here, but you know what I mean. If you have somebody you are so angry with and you're planning their death in your mind or your heart, can you set them aside? Because it's not important. Not at this time. If God has been challenging you to do something, do it now. Do business with God now. Say yes now to his call. Say yes to what he has been dealing with you about. Stop playing games for this season. For this season. And I'm not saying anything you do will add to what Christ did on the cross for you. No. But you must stop it for this season. You must turn to the Lord with all your heart.
because there's something he wants you to carry and there's no space for you and him in the same agenda. It's got to be him and alone, him alone. And that's what the death is about. That's where, that's what it looks like. It's not, you it's not you dropping dead in your bed. No, it's you saying, yes, Lord, okay. I'm, I'm not going to fight you anymore on this. So I'm standing here as Samuel the prophet at Nioth, inviting you to that journey. This week at 9 p.m. every night, we are going to be praying online. Zoom, putting a Zoom link out. If you are not on the church text group, I don't know what you, I'm going to do to get that, that link to you. But I want us to log on at 9 and spend an hour in prayer. No one will super, super, super lead. But it is a way of saying we are stopping to come. I put it at nine because I want you to do your stuff still. And oh, my evening, do your evening stuff from nine to ten. Let us be together before the Lord. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday we are here. We're gonna be here. I don't know how many will come out. But we'll be here. And then Saturday we'll be back at nine thirty, starting ten. Pastor Alan Murphy is coming. That man is always crying since Pentecost this year. He's just crying. He doesn't know why he's crying. He says, Lincoln, I just cry. 66 years old and he says, God is saying the time is now and I can't stop crying. Time is now. And then a prophetic person has told me, I saw you standing outside a, a building. And she doesn't know what building we are. And you're saying, but this is the place. This is the place. And I don't know, is it that 9 to 11 Cottage Green? Because right now we are in a ping pong match with our landlord. And I say, is it because God wanted to set a context? And I was saying, this is the place. This is the place. I was standing outside a, a, a building and I was talking provision, provision. There's something about provision. But this is the place. And then... She said, that's what I saw. And then the Lord said to me, the things that I spoke concerning, the things that I spoke prophetically, the things that God spoke to you prophetically, before you arrived in this country, the time is now. And those things were about Nioth and revival and awakening. Could this be? I stood amongst pastors recently, Sadak pastors, and I told him, could this be this is the time? Could it be? That all that we have been doing has been rehearsal and this is the moment for all that God has declared over this city and this nation. Could this be the time? And you could have heard a pin drop. And at the end, people were coming to hug me and say, Pastor, that was a word from the Lord. And then the pastor who commissioned us to plant this church, Pastor uh, one of the pastors, Pastor Colin Dye and Pastor Win Lewis. Win Lewis went to be with the Lord this week. This, no, not this week. Uh, just a few weeks ago, Pastor Colin's ministry came to an end at Kensington Temple. His era is done. I think everything is pointing to now, now, now. And so he showed up here. He said, I must meet with Pastor Lincoln because everybody at KT is saying, talk to Pastor Lincoln. If you want to know where Katie is going next and London City Church, 
involve him. So he has taken me and put me on the highest team at Kensington Temple. Um, he says, I'm creating an extra seat, especially for you. There are only 12 seats, but he says, I'm creating a 13th. Because everybody is saying, I don't know what everybody is, man. And he spent time with me and he said, I feel I must add you to the team. So every fortnight I must show up at Kensington Temple and sit with the senior pastor of one of the most ex important churches in the city. Could, could the time be now? <laughs> could the time be now? Yeah? Please catch my moment here. So you may be feeling tired, but now is the time. <laughs> you may be feeling confused, but now is the time. So liberty must find its genetic code and reactivate it. We need to reactivate our genetic code. We need to reconnect with Nayoth and revival and awakening and, and, and see what God will do. So Father, lift up your hands with me and say, yes, Lord. Let's say yes to his call. 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 I, 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 this service has gone out of hand. We have a Thanksgiving. We had scheduled a Thanksgiving, a short testimony here. I'm, I'm going to call Sister Lillian to come as we come to give. And um, how hard will form what will be our giving, I guess. Just a short, short three minutes, five minutes. Because I've overtaken this. It's gone too far. Yeah? Are you with me, friends? So we live in a very practical world. And uh, so we put, we're needing to put a, a practical program in place. So on Saturday, we'll be here all day. Pastor Alan Murphy, I thought he would bring his congregation, but he just can't. He will come probably alone. We'll be here from, from 10, from 9.30 to about 4 or 5 o'clock. We will have food here because we will need to eat something so people don't feel like they have to run out. So we are asking people to just come with some money and put it in the basket. We, we've removed away the, the thing of buying the food. We'll just put some of it. We're asking teams to put some money together and put it into that, that cost because somebody has paid out of their own pocket to create the food. Now we need to give them their money back. We'll have three worship sessions. First one starting at 10, one hour extended. Then we'll have Pastor Alan share with us. Yeah? Then we'll have another session. We'll break into groups and talk about revival culture. Just want to have many discussions. There'll be something about the Holy Spirit, something about um, baptisms, immersions in Him those who are not spirit-filled, if you have lost the fullness of the spirit, you must go to that group. So we'll make time to lay hands on you. We need to talk healing and miracles in another group for people who feel God wants to use them in that. Hmm? We'll have 
areas about mission. What, how does God want to use you? How should you be thinking of serving God in this time? Some of you need to go into that, that group. Yeah? They also be prophetic culture. Because these were prophets. Nayoth is a prophetic group. So we need to have a prophetic, people who need prophetic activation to stand up and begin to serve God. We'll have four rooms with people just sitting to, to just connect. It's a serious weekend. Shiloh Tabernacle will be joining us in worship. They will lead the worship session. <clears throat> Pastor Ruben and, and I don't enjoy us. I don't know that they will come. But at least we ask them to send their worship team. Yeah, so that's Saturday. And then Sunday we'll be back here and see what God will do with us. You can come here. I know there's only a few moments. This one is hard to get here because of her work scenario. So she said, Pastor, can I take a moment? <laughs> can I take a moment to thank God? Guys, I'm sorry we are out of off the charts. So if you must go because of something, don't feel like it would be wrong if you must run. Come here. Ah, uh, uh, do, you, do we trust this mic? Shall I change the sponge? Something that looks like hard dress. Pastor T, can you find something that looks like hard dress? <laughs> yeah, give me a bit of a white that's good. Was there another one on the time so we want to know praise God chat I stand here to testify the goodness of God COVID struck at 20 19, end of 2019. I remember I was telling pastor that I left here feeling very well. I was given an assignment in Devon. I, I went with the train. When I got off the train, I started coughing. I don't know where the cough came from. I could cough and think it's a bomb. And, and I'm like, what can I do? But because I saw an advertisement on Bronchostop, whenever I go, wherever I go, I go with Bronchostop. Because the secret in it, it's herbal. I took one bottle, nothing. The second, nothing. It was coming to a month, I said, you know what? I told the lady, I'm going to leave. I need a rest. I came. Immediately I reached here, COVID came. And I'm like, do you know what? I suffered from COVID. Whatever it is, I did, but I don't know how I went through it, but it was good. That's why I'm here today. And again, my brother got sick, COVID, 
I had worked, I remember, for three months as I was telling you, Pastor, all the money I worked, all of it. And you know Uganda, this, that. You are in 20 million, you are in this, you are in that. But we went through it. I just said, thank you, Lord, because you are my provider. As I usually tell pastor, I've never failed to get a job, pastor. Never. They tell me, go here, I go. There, I go. Because what? People. As, father, as pastor says, we should listen. I listened to the spirit of God because he sent me and said, go and look after the 90s, the 80s. And that's what I do. People think I don't want to go to school. I do. I want to become a graduate. I'm not. But do you know what? When I go there, I'm like a graduate. And I thank God for it. I thank God. So, and pastor, today it happens to be that I'm turning some years. <laughs> so, church will forgive me. I've not done much, but I brought something very small that we can share. It's in, yes, a birthday cake, pastor. <laughs> You, want to, you won't tell us the age, eh? Yes. Wait. Yes. Uh, okay. Three or four years. Yeah? To you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Still and do all the hard work. Stretch out your hand. Let's bless Lillian. Thank you, Lord, for delivering Lillian from death hey, hey, and extending her life and fighting her battles. In these times of extended bids for life, we declare a long life over our sister. May she be established in the land of the living. Protect her and deliver her. A portion to her uh, a, a mighty uh, angel to go ahead of her to bring her into all the things that you've declared for her in the name of Jesus thank you for sustenance thank you for grace and thank you for blessing we bless you Lillian and ask that God will satisfy you with a long life and that he will fill you with years that you walk amongst the land of the living and see his glory may God truly make you a blessing to where you work and those people that you touch tender lives may God impart something of your joy and your strength to them we pray this in Jesus name